the North Carolina House passes the tournament's convention. Boom. Hi, I'm Philip Lumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the tournament's movement for the week of March 13th, 2023. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Last Wednesday, in a bipartisan vote, the North Carolina House passed Speaker Tim Moore's resolution calling for a tournament's convention. If the North Carolina Senate follows suit in the next couple weeks, North Carolina will be the sixth state to officially apply for an amendment proposing convention of the states limited to the subject of congressional term limits. If 34 states make this call, such a convention shall be called under Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. Speaker Moore really did a good job. He was not only the sponsor himself, but he also led the charge in the media pitching the idea to the public. And in the end, a handful of Democrats, notably Representatives Cotham, Pierce, Willingham, and Ray, joined the Republican Speaker in the 69-48 to 48 vote. We've been here before. The Tournament's Convention passed the North Carolina House a few years ago and then died in the Senate. But the Tournament's Convention passed the House this time by a bigger margin. And the activists on the ground tell us the Senate prospects also look a lot better this time, too. It's worth noting that tournaments convention resolutions also passed important committees in Oklahoma and in Tennessee this week. We're on the move. Friends, this is the only way we are going to get tournaments on the U.S. Congress. More and more states have to make this call. Now, we don't necessarily need all 34 states. When we start getting close to that number, history suggests that Congress might feel forced to act and prevent the convention. <laughs> That's fine with us. And for this reason, we've got to keep the pressure on Congress, too. At a meeting in Palm Beach, Florida last week, U.S. Tournaments Executive Director Nick Tombalides and I met with the sponsor of the U.S. Tournaments Amendment in the U.S. House. That's Representative uh, Ralph Norman of South Carolina. Now, Representative Norman has been in close touch with House Speaker McCarthy and is confident that the vote that McCarthy promised on the U.S. Tournaments Amendment that is, H.J.R. 11, will occur this session and may even be imminent. Importantly, Representative Norman is now on the House Rules Committee, and this might be crucial for us to get a clean vote. Keep in mind that the House Rules Committee is responsible for deciding which measures are brought before the House of Representatives for a vote and the rules that govern their consideration. The committee's jurisdiction also includes what they call special rules that determine the terms and conditions of debate for a particular issue. Naturally, we're looking for a clean up or down vote on HJR 11 without amendments. After all, many of these politicians will be wanting to vote yes on a terminus bill so they can brag to their constituents back home. But on the other hand, they don't want to vote for a terminus bill to actually pass that could actually impose term limits. <laughs> yeah. Representative Norman is the right man in the right position to prevent that from happening. With 82 sponsors behind him, yes, that's right, we got five more co-sponsors just this last week since the last podcast, Representative Norman is really leading the charge, but he needs our help. Please go to termlimits.com slash take action. The very first action on the list is for the federal U.S. Tournaments Amendment, that's HJR 11 in the House and SJR 2 in the Senate. And it gives you an opportunity to send messages to your congressman, letting them know the vote's coming up and telling them to vote 
Yes, please do this now. The vote may be imminent and they need to hear from you. This is a public service announcement. Here we go again. First, the disclaimer. No, neither I nor U.S. tournaments is endorsing Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida for president. We are a scrupulously nonpartisan organization that knows full well that no single political party is going to pass a tournament's amendment. It's going to require both. But nearly every time I do an internet search for public figures advocating tournaments, DeSantis is, is topping the search results. So here's another really good one. This is from January 23rd, as captured by Forbes Breaking News. We also are looking at school boards for reforms. Uh, we did do the 12-year school board term limits. Uh, I think it should be eight-year term limits. I mean, the fact of the matter is you get in there, you have ideas. Eight years is enough to get your ideas in and to see uh, some of the successes or maybe things you may need to change. Some of the people that are there, when you get in there for 20 years, uh, you become entrenched. And so I'm a big believer in term limits across the board. I think we need it for Congress. I think we need it in a lot of different areas. I think our legislature works better because we have term limits. But the, the 12 years, better than nothing, but I think we can do better. So we're going to end up doing eight-year term limits uh, for that. We have run a couple of corruption segments on this podcast about how the ex-speaker of the Ohio House, Larry Householder, essentially took bribes from a giant utility in his state to assist in passing favorable legislation. This was going on at the same time a shadowy effort to overturn Ohio's voter-approved tournaments were underway. We accused Householder of being the prime mover behind the effort, but the testimony from the Householder corruption trial is revealing that the tie between the corruption and the anti-tournaments efforts was a lot tighter than we knew. It's a complicated case, and, and truthfully, it's really hard to summarize. So forgive me if I let Jake Zuckerman and Andrew Tobias of Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer tell the story. These are the most relevant portions of their February 21st expose. Dateline, Columbus, Ohio, February 21. Before his stunning political downfall, Larry Householder was moving in secret to execute a complex plan to help him avoid term limits and remain the Ohio House Speaker well into the 2030s. However, a global pandemic and a sweeping FBI investigation scuttled the campaign, which new information revealed as part of Householder's ongoing corruption trial shows was much more carefully orchestrated than was previously known. First Energy Corp., which has admitted to bribing Householder, along with a powerful state regulator, transferred $2 million in March of 2020 to an account that prosecutors say Householder controlled. This occurred as Householder and company officials discussed the term limits campaign, according to evidence and testimony from trial. That payment came after First Energy spent $94 million successfully lobbying for House Bill 6, a 2019 law that Householder championed that provided the company's subsidiary a $1.3 billion bailout for its uneconomic nuclear plant through 2027. Prosecutors say much of First Energy's political spending propelled Householder into immense political power while providing him $514,000 of personal benefits, like paying down his credit card bills and legal debt. 
One lobbyist who pleaded guilty to racketeering testified that First Energy's subsidiary, his employer, agreed to back the tournament's effort in exchange for future legislation growing the size and duration of the bailout. In February 2020, a mysterious group emerged calling itself Ohioans for Term Limits, proposing the first change to Ohio's term limits laws since the 1990s. The group's proposal ostensibly strengthened term limits by setting a lifetime 16-year cap for lawmakers compared to the current law that allows them to serve unlimited years, but not more than eight consecutive years in either the House or Senate. But trial evidence and testimony indicate that Householder and his allies hatched the plan so that he could evade term limits, which otherwise would have forced him to leave the House in 2024. The new rules would have reset every legislator's service years at zero, allowing Householder to remain in office through 2036. Householder said at the time he was unfamiliar with the proposal's uh, details, and he suggested that he just oppose tournaments in principle. In actuality, the evidence suggests Householder and his allies were actively discussing the initiative and fundraising for the campaign and had been for months. Wow. Well, let's give Zuckerman and Tobias a rest here and talk about this a bit. This, all of this was going on behind the scenes. We wouldn't even know about it if it wasn't for this corruption trial and all of these meetings and... Um, wiretapped phone calls by the FBI, etc., had not come to light. Now, fortunately, the campaign, despite all of the funding it got from all these corrupt sources, never really got going because of the pandemic. And so the petition campaign sort of collapsed. But we only know about this because of the trial, again. This story really shows, once again, the lengths that corrupt politicians will go to avoid term limits. And the sad truth is that Householder isn't really an outlier. There are corrupt politicians scheming to overturn tournaments in every state where citizens have enacted them. Consider the current case of North Dakota. Let's let Holly Robichaud tell the story of North Dakota from her latest episode of Breaking News on Term Limits, available at youtube.com slash US Term Limits. We have trouble brewing in North Dakota. Last November, Voters overwhelmingly supported placing term limits on their legislative leaders. The legislators aren't liking this, and they're trying to overturn it. They've filed House Concurrent Resolution 3019, an attempt to overturn the will of the voters. Now, this week, March 8th, there's going to be a vote coming up. It will be heard in front of the House Industry, Business, and Labor Committee at the State Capitol at 8 a.m. in room 327C. Please come out, show your support that you favor term limits and that the will of the voters should not be overturned. Next, from the Belt and Suspenders Department. As you know, U.S. Term Limits is encouraging states to approve applications for a term limits convention, a convention to propose amendments authorized by Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. When 34 states apply, a convention shall be called... States will send delegates with instructions from the state legislatures that commissioned them. At the convention, an amendment can be hammered out. And if the majority of the convention approves an amendment, it has no legal effect until ratified by three-quarters of the states, that's 38 states, before it gets added to the Constitution. Well, that's quite a hurdle. The founders made it difficult 
to amend the Constitution for good reason. They wanted to protect it from fads and whims and demagogues. Now, watching the tournaments convention movement gain steam, 13 states have taken an additional safety measure. Just to ensure that the delegates sent to an Article 5 convention don't misbehave, the 13 states have passed legislation often called Faithful Commissioners Acts. Technically, delegates to an Article 5 convention are called commissioners because they, they have been commissioned to act as a representative of their states for a specific purpose. Now, traditionally, misbehaving delegates can simply be recalled from the convention on the state's discretion, and that's been done many times over American history. But the Faithful Commissioners Acts go further. They actually set legal penalties for commissioners who act outside of their commissions. These states are Indiana, Tennessee, Utah, Georgia, Florida, South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, Texas, Wisconsin, Wyoming, Oklahoma, and Arizona. Are these faithful commissioner acts necessary? I don't know. There's, there's no historical or logical reason to think so, really. But if it helps tap down the fear-mongering that opponents to the tournament's convention spread, well, so be it. In any case... I commend the state legislators around the country that are gearing up for an Article 5 convention. These legislators in these 13 states see it coming. Well, I can't wait to see what Congress does when they finally do. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The Turn Limits Convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the Turn Limits movement. To check on the status of the Turn Limits Convention resolution in your state, go to turnlimits.com slash take action. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a take action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turnlimits Convention resolution or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. Term Limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to turnlimits.com slash donate. Turnlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. Find us on most social media at U.S. Term Limits. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and now TikTok. STL. Yeah.